Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Coronavirus COVID-19. Is it an end time sign? I am Pastor John welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening, both new and those who are returning again. May you all be blessed of God. Again, please accept my apology for the mispronunciation of any words in last week's episode. They are found mostly in commentary. Regardless, please accept my apologies. We also want to extend our heartfelt sadness to all those who have acquired coronavirus, or as it is becoming better known in the United States as COVID-19. Know that you are being prayed for. You are being prayed for to have a full recovery, regardless of age, as well as a miraculous blessing and healing. Remember, those of you who follow Christ, we have an opportunity to miraculously pray for healing. I encourage those of you who are well to actively pray that our God will heal those who are sick and that He will also keep those who are well. To allow us, who are well, unusual opportunities to witness to those who have become infected and now are wrestling with this illness. Please remember, above all else, respect especially for those who are sick. However, I will caution you to be mindful of people's condition. If they are not up to witnessing, minister to them in acts of service and love. Do not force yourself on anyone, especially those who are sick. There are many creative ways we can do this. So please be mindful of the situation. Witness in new and creative ways that keep everyone, including you, safe. With regard to last week in our episode, The Cities of the Statue, Part 6, we finished our learning about Nebuchadnezzar's disturbing dream. It is a portion of that dream we looked at in all five episodes as it professes a very long time period. Part 6 had some new information and a collection of thoughts from all five previous episodes in that series. This is what contributed to its almost double length, the end of which is still very much open, but very much closer to us now. Last week, we saw the meaning of the feet of clay and iron. They represent much, among which we found a period of time that is referenced as the seven-year tribulation found best in the book of Revelation. The 
coronavirus is a health issue. COVID-19 is also correct and another name for the coronavirus. So, given both names are exactly the same illness, I will be using coronavirus to describe the illness given the fact both terms apply to the same thing, coronavirus or COVID-19. As you know, coronavirus jumped the human-animal fence. This was first made well-known when the American news media was examining this as only a Chinese issue. However, we watched as this virus spread around the world. It was still growing and still is in terms of the number infected. However, at present, a flattening of this line does seem to be emerging. This episode is being created in March. So, why does this remind me of Jesus' prophecy in the book of Matthew? It reads, As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, Watch out that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Make sure that you are not alarmed, for this must happen. But the end is still to come. For nation will rise up in arms against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 8. To get a better understanding of the things that are the beginning of birth pains, it is easiest to form a list from the verse range we just read alone. We see the following list in just five verses. Those just quoted. 1. Watch out that no one misleads you. Why? For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead many. 2. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. How do we understand that? Christ says, Make sure that you are not alarmed, for this must happen. But the end is still to come. 3. It gets worse, and we are only up to number 3 in the list. 3. For nation will rise up in arms against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. 4. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Even today, with various hotspots, notice how no one place is called out, yet we have seen both in this context. So, we have four main items, the first two with reasoning. It then says in verse 8, All these things are the beginning of birth pains. 
Matthew chapter 24, verse 8. In the next section, it gets much worse. It reads, Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. You will be hated by all the nations because of my name. Then many will be led into sin, and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold. But the person who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole inhabited earth as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 through 14. The reason I have read this in two parts is so, hopefully, you can see there is a difference in what Jesus is speaking. Maybe, to some, not very obvious, but it is there. He speaks nothing of what is called the second coming. This invokes many questions, among which, what end are we talking about? The time when Christ will come for his church? Or at the full close and end of everything? Read the book of Revelation, as well as other prophetic texts, to answer these questions. You may well be surprised. However, this nonetheless creates some very blurry lines. We can already see much of what the Bible just said. Verse 12 is a blatant claim on what we are seeing now. That was all 14 verses total without missing a piece. So, nothing is missing. Yet, many preachers and pastors quote only a part of verse 12. They will read only, the love of many will grow cold, quote-unquote. They will then preach only on that portion. You have to read the full verse to notice there is a reason for the love of many to grow cold. Better still, if we read verse 11, where the full sentence starts, in my Bible anyway, verses 11 through 12 read in a complete thought as follows. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many, comma, verse 12, continuing. And because lawlessness will increase so much, comma, the love of many will grow cold. End quote. So, the question is, separated by commas, is that three issues or one question with three components? After all, verse 11 is the continuation of a thought as it starts with the word and. Nonetheless, two things need to happen before the love of many will grow cold, quote, unquote. This is where our interpretation of Scripture can run into problems. Quote, the love of many will grow cold, end quote, stands for more than the reasons for it to occur. These 14 verses alone give us much to observe. 
first among what we should notice is the truth behind why the love of many grows cold. It does not just happen. There is good and substantive reasoning for the love of many to grow cold. It is not a simple falling away with little reason behind it, as it is generally preached in mainstay churches heard on TV and radio in America today. With that said, let us go back to the first scripture portion. Let us begin to study and interpret what is written here for us to understand. Commentary on verse 3 opens with an astounding fact. Notice, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? That this house will be left desolate, these buildings will be destroyed, and not one stone left upon another? This first question relates purely to the destruction of the temple, and to this Christ answers from Matthew chapter 24. Are you ready for the verse range? Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 23, from the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. This means all the verses we have read thus far are in this category. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 reads, Now on the topic of times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. End quote. Two thoughts from commentary are relevant. One, that it was well understood by the Thessalonians that the coming of the Lord would be sudden and at an unexpected moment. Two, he refers to the effect of his coming on the wicked and the righteous and says that it would be attended with the sudden and inevitable destruction of the former, but that the result of his coming would be far different for the righteous. The prospect of his coming was fitted to make them watchful and sober, and his advent would be attended with their certain salvation. From Barnes New Testament Notes The question now is, what does this have to do with coronavirus? Obviously, there is nothing here in this scripture portion. So, why the connection at all? My personal belief is, many things will now come that by name seem not to fit scripture. After all, coronavirus and COVID-19 cannot be found in scripture anywhere. However, at best, only by some connection with sickness. So, that invokes the question, why does anyone, especially born-again Christians, by calling, even think this is a time that remotely fits Scripture? Why do illness circumstances invoke the notion in thinking of it fulfilling Scripture prophecy of the end times? Well, notice that Scripture does not use exact terms. Wars and rumors of wars, 
Nation will rise up in arms against nation. Kingdoms will be against kingdoms. That alone says a lot right there. Notice, too, in the same way nations and kingdoms are not called out by name, but they are spoken of nonetheless. This is why careful interpretation of end times scripture is extremely important. It should be noted as well. Nations and kingdoms are two distinct forms of government. A nation is here noted as what we today call a country, like America, Brazil, Egypt, and all the other well-known countries we know today. A kingdom can be a form of political and social influence equal to or greater than any single nation. Are you seeing why very careful interpretation is important? Can you also see how coronavirus can slip right under your radar unnoticed and yet be a sign we cannot see in Scripture using run-of-the-mill interpretation? Being slow and investigative is the caution we should use while not losing hope that what we see is a sign of the end getting closer. I must insist on cautious optimism when doing such investigations so they are completed correctly, even if just for yourself. It is really important to notice just how complex this portion of Scripture really is. By example, and since it is close, nations and kingdoms refer to two, as in number two, separate forms of govern and rule over people. Today, given how we, modern man, look at things, we may easily swap nation for kingdom or kingdom for nation, thus rendering them as the same object, suggesting that Christ was wordy in his exposition of this time period. Nothing could be further from the truth. He clearly and definitively spoke of two separate forms of government. Can you see how us, modern man, could totally misinterpret this passage and others like it if we simply ran right through it? So, what is a nation and what is a kingdom? The definition of a kingdom is, quote, A kingdom is a piece of land that is ruled by a king or a queen. A kingdom is often called a monarchy, which means that one person, usually inheriting their position by birth or marriage, is the leader or head of state. Kingdoms are one of the earliest types of societies on earth, dating back thousands of years. There have been hundreds, if not thousands, of different kingdoms throughout history. Kingdoms can be huge, such as the United Kingdom. During the 19th century, the United Kingdom, ruled from London, England, stretched over five continents. Kingdoms can also be small, 
such as the Kingdom of Brunei, which is smaller than the U.S. state of Delaware. From www.nationalgeographic.org Article Title Kingdom The definition of a nation is, quote, A nation is a large group of people with strong bonds of identity and, quote, imagined community, end quote, a tribe on a grand scale. The nation may have a claim to statehood or self-rule, but it does not necessarily enjoy a state of its own. National identity is typically based on shared culture, religion, history, language, or ethnicity, though disputes arise as to who is truly a member of the national community or even whether the nation, quote-unquote, exists at all. Parentheses. Do you have to speak French to be Quebecus? Are Wales and Tibet nations? Close parentheses. Nations seem so compelling, so, quote, real, end quote, and so much a part of the political and cultural landscape that people think they have lasted forever. In reality, they come into being and dissolve with changing historical circumstances, sometimes over a relatively short period of time, like Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia. Why, then, does national identity give rise to such extremely strong feelings? And why would so many be ready to, quote, die for the nation, end quote, in time of war? Because of migration, most modern states include within their borders diverse communities that challenge the idea of national homogeneity and give rise to the community of citizenship rather than membership in the nation. In the age of global transportation and communication, new identities arise to challenge the quote nation, end quote, but the pull of nationalism remains a powerful force to be reckoned with and a glue that binds states together and helps many people, parentheses, for better and worse, close parentheses, make sense out of a confusing reality. From www.globalpolicy.org There you have the definition of nation and kingdom. That should add some interesting aspects to this scripture passage. It should tell us, in this dichotomy alone, why we should be careful in the interpretation of prophetic text anywhere in the Bible. Given these definitions, it should be plain to see when this text was written, regardless of author, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, they clearly addressed something that was clearly relevant in their day. The question alone is, how do we bring this into modern interpretation? It should be evident as well that issues and illnesses such as coronavirus, 
COVID-19 can fulfill scripture-based prophecy, even though the modern name may only be illustrated in Bible text as generally sickness or illness. So, will you find coronavirus or COVID-19 in the Bible? Absolutely not! Is it an end-time sign? I will let you decide that. My personal opinion to answering that question is, yes. Next week, we will start to look at the two parts of Galatians chapter 5. First, Galatians 5, freedom of the believer. Then, Galatians 5, practice love. This will be a subject mini-series. Lay or download next week's episode titled, Galatians 5, Freedom of the Believer, Part 1. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts. Or, follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow! Please remember, we are praying for you. We wish any and all who are sick with coronavirus, or COVID-19, as many call it, that our great and powerful God heals you. Whether you are sick or not, we wish all our listeners well and perfect God-given health. Whether sick or not, may you all be blessed of God in a way you can not only see it, but in a way that will give you testimony of his greatness and power. Amen. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. That is site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me.
This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Churched, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all our episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched. Thank you.